0: Hey everybody, I thought I'd give a quick intro video for a couple reasons. One, I'm at Lakeside Retreats here where the Mind Under Matter Campout Festival is going to be September 9th through the 11th. The sun's coming down, so I thought I'd make a quick video. Um, My friend uh, who is on the show today, Marty Hazelton, is going to be over uh, there with a bunch of other scientists through the weekend. Friday through Saturday, science talks all day long, still lining up a whole bunch of people. She's gonna be talking about um, the kind of evolutionary mismatches with mating in the modern world. Uh, Just booked Dan Ariely. If you're a science fan, you've probably heard of Dan Ariely. You've probably heard him, uh, seen uh, like say his TED Talks or heard him a bunch on NPR or whatever. a really, really big uh, best-selling author, of Duke, lining up a whole bunch of people, including scientists, friends, people you've heard on the show before, some people that you haven't, whole bunch of cool concepts, and uh, getting very excited here. And so, and there's, on, if you look over there, if you're watching on YouTube or Spotify, a wellness area will be over there. There's a sauna in the background and you can't really see, I guess and uh there'll be yoga classes and and things like that so you can have some science and some woo there's gonna be stand-up comedy over at uh at the other end of the lake so whole variety of things to check out lawn games and stuff over in this other kind of plat uh, um, peninsula area and um so yeah looking forward to it go to mindunderpod.com to learn more about that also man ever since i moved i keep on screwing up recordings in some fashion or another and this one i uh i screwed up i selected the the it keeps on deselecting the proper microphone for some reason so my editor Matt McCool um, did a nice job trying to make it sound as good as possible (laughs) and uh and it's you'll get used to it after a couple minutes it's not a big deal just like when I had to do this last time uh and said it wouldn't be a a big deal and it wasn't but I just need to make announcements like that just for any first-time listeners so that they know that they typically my audio um, quality is better than that. I have all sorts of sticky notes on my monitor and camera and everything else now. So this never happened again. Going to be doing a lot more in-person um, interviews all through the summer as well to improve the video and audio quality uh, just generally. And really looking forward to that, looking forward to um, uh putting putting these out more regularly i actually missed last week's episode for the exact same reason and we decided to scrap it because my buddy cole marta is actually coming for a visit so we're gonna record on this uh lake stage instead uh which will be cool and do it in person and so we just decided uh, that that would be for the best anyway but yeah getting back into um a weekly schedule again after the move and putting together a festival and all of the things that come along with it. Super excited to uh, get Here We Are back on the regular schedule. Next week's going to be Michael Garfield. I think that will make him uh, his fourth appearance or something like that this eight years. So he's been on as many times or more than anybody maybe he has the record um and uh marlene zook coming up gonna be talking about uh, some animal behavior she was in the first year of the show talked about her amazing book riddled with life she has a new book out uh, so check that out and enjoy today's episode Are we? Yes. Where are we? Here. Why are we here? Not entirely clear. We are misfits thrust into existence by random chance with no hints at all as to how we're supposed to make sense of it all. It's immensely bizarre. Here we are. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Here We Are podcast. Today's special episode, we got one uh, repeat guest and a new guest today. Uh, I, I, I love these. I just started um, having multiple guests on uh, once in a while and they always make for a fun dynamics. So I'm very much looking forward to this episode. My um, guest, she's been very first guest on the Here We Are podcast nearly eight years ago, been on a couple times since. Marty Hazelton is joining us today. Marty and um. brand new guest to the show. Been working with uh, Marty on a couple things uh, lately that are relevant to things going on in the world today. Jamie Krems is joining me.
1: today. Hello.
0: <laughs> hey Jamie. So first off, Marty, assume assume this is someone's first time listening. but yeah. here we are. Can you introduce yourself?
2: Sure. Um, I'm. My name is Marty Hazelton. I'm a professor at UCLA, um, and I'm an evolutionary social scientist. So I'm sort of my 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 inspiration spans multiple disciplines. I reference evolutionary biology a lot in order to figure out what we might expect about human social behavior. So I'm sort of bridging between biology and uh, social science, um, and um, that's me.
0: All right, Jamie, introduce yourself to the people.
1: Hi, I'm Jamie Krems. I'm an assistant professor at Oklahoma State in the Oklahoma Center for Evolutionary Analysis, or OCEAN. And most of my work uh, uses evolutionary tools to try and understand our social psychology. So um, I guess the quick way to put it is I want to understand human nature.
0: Fantastic. So, I wanted to. Uh, abortion's the big issue right now. We don't need to make the whole episode about it or anything, but there's there's so much stuff. You like obviously the Supreme Court decision has everyone very fired up, uh, and and I I was talking with someone, um, several people now are like, well, everyone's just in their same echo chambers and their they're saying the same things over and over again. And I'm like, I don't think that's true. I actually think that there's a whole lot of various factors and and uh, interesting things that are uh, that can explain a lot of what's going on that people aren't privy to, and that's a lot of what this show is all about. I, I basically never talk about the news on this on this show, but this is a particularly, uh, important and interesting topic. And I know that you guys have, uh, some interesting takes on it. And so I don't know the best way to go about this because I, again, I think, um, I, I think an easy way to go about this is just to assume no one's ever seen the here we are podcast before and doesn't know all of the evolutionary concepts that we've built in, uh, over the uh, almost eight years. And so So maybe kind of starting with some basics and then, uh, and then building up uh, basics about, um, evolution and, and mating behavior, and then building up to how that then kind of applies to, uh, uh, humans, uh, perception in our social lives and then how that gets expressed, uh, culturally and what that might have to say about things happening today sure yeah sounds um, easy right too yeah easy. that's i mean that's that's like
2: yeah that's too easy
0: <laughs> um, and, and and keep it under 45 right. seconds all of that mm-hmm. go now
2: <laughs> yeah um jamie do you want to start oh please go for it you're marty hayes okay open. i'll go Have for it. it all right i'll try um so um why do we care what other people are doing right so where does you know where does our sense that what other people are doing is or is not okay um and and you know if and if it if it pertains to other people's mating behavior and they're doing it you know across the country why do we care about that why do we want to legislate anything about that um and you know from an evolutionary perspective um we don't do things or we haven't evolved appetite to do things that didn't um benefit us in terms of our reproduction or survival in the ancestral past and so you know what is it about other people's mating behaviors that could impact our own ability to reproduce you know Um, and um you know, the the currency is the, the currency is all reproduction. It's reproductive success. And so I shouldn't care what other people are doing in their bedroom. What I should care about is what I'm doing in mine in you know, who I'm attracting as a mate and, you know, what I'm doing to help my offspring. Um, but we've seen a lot of, um, a, a lot of people sort of having very strong attitudes, very, very strong attitudes about what other people are doing in their mating lives.
0: Um, and so that's, and I would I would say just the interest generally. Uh, like we we like That's thinking true. about like well these uh, these French people are are more uh, flamboyant and promiscuous and what's going on in Ireland? What's that about? <laughs> and, and then these Burkas? What's happening? That it's a it's it's a big topic. Just mating in different cultures is right. something that seems to engage everyone and it is very strange from some sort of selfish gene perspective
2: right you know and and when we when we talk to other people a lot of the times you know when we do what we call gossip um a lot of times it concerns other people's mating behavior um so one possibility is that um we are our morality does not reflect sort of like first principles like You know, sanctity of life. Um, But rather, it reflects um, us wanting to engineer the world in such a way that it benefits the strategy that we're trying to pursue. Um, And so people vary in how sexually restrictive they are, sexually restricted they are, um, meaning that they. Are more or less open to casual sex in essence Um, and some people are like casual sex is fine you know casual sex is actually great because i want to pursue my career i want to delay reproduction or maybe not do it at at all which we can decide in the modern era now that we have the ability to control reproduction whereas we well for as long as we have we thought we thought we did we did have the ability to control reproduction um anyway um so um Right. So I just got totally distracted by that point because it's kind of upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> you were
1: about to say, Jamie, do you want to rescue me? This is the time to chime in. Yes. The, um, so if the coin of the realm is fitness, right, mm-hmm. um, it's mm-hmm. a mystery why mm-hmm. I should care what other people are doing in their bedrooms or Planned Parenthoods, but it turns out their sexual strategies and ability to pursue them can affect my fitness. And particularly if I'm one of the restricted sexual strategists that Marty was talking about, well, then I'm going to perceive other people's sexual freedoms as threats. So if I am a young woman, I get married very early. Um, I have quite a few kids starting very early with my monogamous partner. Um, Well, other women and their promiscuity and their ability to have sex with people, including my partner, can very well be a threat. So I am now economically more likely to be economically dependent on my partner since I got married young and I got off the career track, typically. Um, And if another woman starts hanging around with my partner, I could very well lose my life and livelihood. Same thing if I'm a guy. um, There are if I'm investing all of my eggs in one family basket. I could be cuckolded and there are pretty high fitness costs there. So other people's ability to pursue their sexual freedoms is a threat to me if I'm a restricted strategist. And from that point of view, from the point of view that they can affect my fitness, then yeah, I'm going to care about their ability to pursue their sexual freedoms. And the best way to curtail their ability to pursue their sexual freedoms and mitigate the threat to me is to increase the costs of casual sex, which I can do really well if I restrict safe and legal abortions, and if I restrict things like birth control.
0: Mm. And, or divorce for that matter, or but put, put a, a high, high cost on leaving um, leaving partners and uh, from a uh, societal perspective.
2: You know, and I think that there's one other point to potentially make here, which is that um, it's not just about the interlopers kind of hanging around, um, foiling your sexual strategy, your your more sort of sexually conservative strategy, um, but it's also about the institutions, the sort of societal institutions that you want to be in place um, in order for you to more to enact the, your strategy more easily. Um, and so, um, if marriage as an institution, um, people start to feel like it's being degraded by the fact that promiscuous people are getting married, you know, and that's what a lot of people think that homosexual people are promiscuous. We've actually doc- documented that in some of our work. And when they think that, And they're sexually restricted. They're really opposed to same-sex marriage. Um, And so you can think about other social institutions as well. So things like um, uh, providing assistance for um, babies so that moms can work, Um, providing things like, um, you know, um, rooms for moms to pump or breastfeed or providing on-site childcare. and jamie we have to read that quote um, um that yeah. I, I, I can pull it up i pull it up i'll pull it up jamie just sent me this quote yesterday and she's like oh okay well more you know yet more let me find it
0: well, why why while you're doing that why mm-hmm. pers- here it is right why? here
2: charlie Shepard. so i idaho an, I'm sorry, Idaho state representative said he voted against federal funds to increase early childhood education because, quote, any bill that makes it easier or more convenient for mothers to come out of the home and let others raise their child. I don't think that's a good direction for us to be going. And no doubt he was in favor of overturning Roe v. Wade as well. Um, So there's like sort of this this constellation of attitudes that people have that are all about, um, you know, where they fall on this spectrum of of being okay with casual sex versus not being okay with casual sex and then being, you know, sort of more in line with the traditional family. Um, Because of all of the constraints that starting a family early and foregoing, you know, opportunities for um, professional advancement, especially for women, um, you know, that they're sort of locked into that to that um, pattern.
0: Now, uh, oh, man. Too many questions. One, when you when you mentioned um, things like restricting, say, um, uh, uh, public nursing or something like that, how how does that how does that fit in? I, I, I guess I'm not connecting the dots. It's not, no, it's so not public. It
2: would down. be in the workplace because it would be something that would enable moms to work. Um and if you are if you are wedded to the traditional male as a breadwinner right. when a woman is staying home with the family, then then that's a threat. Um that, that kind of an institutional um, you know, support for women to do both, have babies and pursue career is um threatening to people who pursue that very conservative strategy. And we so- we, We should
1: probably say that one of the advantages of this explanation is that it resolves a lot of the really awkward contradictions that exist in the explanations people say out loud, right? So whether you're on the left and you're talking about privacy or you're on the right and you're talking about, well, I want to restrict access to abortion because of the sanctity of life, but I also am in favor of the death penalty, And I'm also in favor of, um, excuse me, restricting access to birth control, which would prevent unwanted unwanted pregnancies and abortions. And these things seem really screwy. They shouldn't hang together. But from an evolutionary perspective, of course, if sexually restricted people are in power and can shape their institutions in ways that benefit their small group, they'll do it. Mm. And what'll benefit their small group is raising the costs of sex, which disproportionately affects women because of these biological asymmetries that I imagine you all have talked about a lot on the show. So, restricting yeah. abortion and banning birth control.
0: So, so some of this, some of this hypocrisy in the way that people are verbalizing these are the points that you're hearing on the news, uh, which you know we go well if if. Uh, if life is so important, child uh, 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 child care doesn't, uh, or um, oh my gosh, how come I'm, you I'm don't care about su- them after
1: they're
0: born? Tri- uh, it, it, and well, like chi- child support doesn't uh, child support doesn't start at the moment of conception. You know, the uh, the the ex or whatever doesn't start paying for child support the moment the woman is pregnant, and and these sorts of um, peculiar hypocrisies and, and they mm-hmm. can kind of be resolved mm-hmm. by thinking about it in a different way of thinking mm-hmm. that, that maybe these are just a lot of subconscious drives that we have and these various strategies that most of us aren't, aren't privy to. And we have all of these evolved features in our minds that we just started learning about a, a couple hundred years ago, really. And, and a lot of people haven't caught up to. And, all of us in every day of our lives are primed in all of these various ways that that we, uh, we have no idea that passing this person in the street made us behave in this certain way. But if you ask a person why they behaved in a certain way, we always come up with an explanation and we always the brain consciousness loves to. Tell us the story of like, oh, I know exactly why I did that. And here's a long list of explanations. There's, that- a,
2: great, there's a great term for that in the English language. It's called confabulation.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're like, and- I
2: don't know why I'm going to come up with something, though. And then that's where you find out that there are those awkward contra- contradictions that Jamie mentioned, because people will say, oh, it's because of the sanctity of life. But in the same. But, you know, they also voted for, um, huh. you know, um, the death penalty.
0: And it, you wouldn't put a baby in prison but you'll put a pregnant woman in prison and there's all I mean all, all of this it, it does it does get very uh, lost in these foggy philosophical ideas of when does life actually start and I think I think that fogginess is sort of an advantage for uh political parties um be, because it's because it takes things out of the realm of the known and the testable and, and things that we have evidence for and just kind of allows people to say, like, sort of whatever they want about anything they want to uh, validate their own uh, perspective. What, what, what are the advantages for someone that what, what's the other sexual strategy called is that even a strat like a open sexual strategy or, or something or is that
2: the the, the jargon that gets used in the literature is restricted versus unrestricted um, now
0: how in, in what in what ways are restrictive people a threat to unrestricted people o- outside of like from an evolutionary perspective, outside of the laws that we're seeing today, which are quite obvious,
2: it's a good question.
0: It is it seems like kind of one sided. It's, it's, I mean, it's a little <laughs> bit.
2: It's a little asymmetrical. I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, Jamie. Do you have thoughts on that? Uh, so, with with Jordan Moon and a few other people, we
1: talked a little bit about this, and and what Marty's saying is right. I mean. It, it is pretty asymmetrical here. Um, there can, of course, be threats when you're not letting me pursue the behavior that I could be great at. But, you know, it, it really is kind of one-sided for now until we can come up with better theories yeah. and get better evidence.
2: Yeah, I mean, if, if but if women are... Um, if, so, but you, th- you can think about this at the institutional level. If women are paid less than men and there's not a push to make sure that there's wage equity, if there's not a push to, um, enable women, um, to go to school and pursue higher education. You know, if we didn't have title nine, right. Which is some 50th anniversary of t- title nine. a kid can't be five, zero. Is that right? Anyway. Um, you know, so if, if those things aren't in place, then women can't, they don't have the option to pursue the strategy of foregoing reproduction and pursuing professional advancement. Um, and for men, I suppose if the, the the short-term strategists amongst men, so there's, there's multiple things going on here. There's, there's, you know, pursuing career and, you know, and engaging in more casual relationships to start, but there's also in some people, there's just a real drive to have short-term relationships. Um, and that's probably more true for men than for women. Um, if men, you know, observe their environment and the responses to them from others which suggests that they can pursue a short-term mating strategy so if they're very sexy guys um then then they that can influence their motivation because they were like well i guess i can do that thing which you know throughout evolutionary history would have resulted in more offspring if you could do that thing and you did do that thing um then you would not want institutions to restrict your ability to do that so so it, so there's there's it goes in both ways but i i think that the the, the first direction that we talked about is the one that's a little bit more obvious from this perspective.
0: Certainly. Yeah, I don't, uh, I, I, I don't see a lot of unrestricted sexual strategists out there telling people um,
1: uh, you can't that, get married,
0: you know, you can't get married or something like that. I, that's, I mean, yeah, that's I a mean good point. certainly you might, you might try to, um, you, you might try to poach a mate or something like that, but. Uh, I mean, outside of that. And, and so kind of going back to this is uh, obviously we've talked about this a fair amount on, on the show, but again, to set this up, uh, these differing um, kind of uh, uh, sex differences in mating strategies, if a, if a guy is on an island with a hundred women, it could result in a hundred babies in a year. If a woman's on, an island for uh, with a hundred guys, it can result in one baby a year and probably ninety nine dead guys. <laughs> um, and so there's there, there there's very differing strategies typically that we can see in lots of species. Um, that's, that's pretty ubiquitous in most of, of the species um, on on Earth. And there's there's lots of interesting uh, and and when you get down to it, some basic. Uh, like the 101 ideas of that are are fairly basic ideas that that seem to drive a lot of how evolution has worked in most species.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And, and when I lecture, um, when I give undergraduate lectures on this stuff, I I present I show a newspaper clipping, um, which tells you how old this thing was because it was actually in the newspaper about um Suri, the the hamster, and sooty um escaped from his pen and got into the female pen they had them separated for good reason um, They're rodents you know i guess you know they were going to reproduce rapidly anyway so he got into the other pen and he mated with all of the females and then they and they, they, they couldn't find him so they thought oh my gosh the the this this little guy escaped um, i guess it was at a zoo I guess it was a zoo. The little guy escaped um, and, and they're searching around for him everywhere. And then they find him asleep in the middle of the female's pen. Right. And he'd mated with all of the females. And then all of those females went on to have babies that were sooty's babies. But And then they put sooty back and then he was totally depressed.
0: Yeah. And After a coma for a while. Yeah. Um, and if, because from an alien anthropologist perspective, you think, well, this this uh, rodent that's in a cage what it wants is freedom. If only it could escape and be in the wild. And no, no, it
2: just got into the other there. cage. Right, right, right.
1: Um, <laughs> all of these so, lofty ideas come back to the biology, and to to come back to something that you said, Shane, about you know deciding when a clump of cells is a person. Doing that philosophically or morally or religiously, and. Sure, you could do that on your own and have your own opinion, but doing it scientifically is the only humane and sane way to make any decisions. Um, and so I think doing it because, you know, a book said X is a little bit of a bad way to decide, especially if I'm not part of your book club.
0: Right, right. Yeah. I mean, I, w- I was raised Catholic. I was raised in a super strict religious household and, uh, and man, it, it didn't go well for me. I didn't, I didn't like it. <laughs> and so, you know, early on in life, I would have been, uh, you know, like, man, a lot of these people just suck so much, but as I've gotten older and learned so much more, it's interesting to, uh, find out all of the complexity and nuance be behind why these people suck. Um, I mean, <laughs> so.
1: I, I, I cannot say from your
0: perspective. Might be, yes. it might be a little from your perspective as an unrestricted
2: a, sexual strategist. Off, that Is that was what you're just, saying?
0: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It might be some confirmation <laughs> bias going on here. That's a solid joke. I love you one way. I took it another it's come on. Uh, all right. Um, so what about, how about some of your, Let's get into some actual studies um, that would maybe explain some of the things that we're talking about. And again, don't like you guys are in your world. That's different than the world that my audience is in. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be overly concerned about like, oh, this old trite uh, study about um, uh, now I'm trying to think of like the Florida one with uh, asking Asking women, Clark and, men, oh. Yeah, oh, yeah. Clark, Clark and Hatfield, study the Clark like and Hatfield study, things like that. Are like my my audience isn't, it doesn't know every one of those off the top of the head, I, like, mm-hmm. like the people that you guys would know. So, so could you offer some of the studies that maybe um, would show some uh, build, kind of the structure of of build some evidence toward this uh, this point of view that you're taking.
1: So can we start with some unpublished data, hot off the presses kind of stuff? Is that allowed? Yeah, Ooh, go for it. True. I, well, I want to hear. It. I want to hear. So I'll tell you some of the data that we have, and then Marty can get into some of the incredible published work that she has. That uh, So I'll tell you what's not driving it, and she'll tell you what is. it um, is. So uh, my colleague, Jordan Moon, who's about to be a postdoc at the Institute of Advanced Study at Toulouse, and I said... These people say it's the sanctity of life. Um, And as scientists, we say, well, you also support the death penalty and you're against birth control. So that's probably I don't believe you. But we wanted to give that a fair shake and actually test it. Um, So we created an experiment and we randomly assigned people who uh, varied in the extent to which they believed abortion was murder um, to read one of three different scenarios about a bill. And in all of it, they supported they reported their support for a bill. Um, and in all the bills, it would cost x billion dollars and save um, essentially, to the extent, again, you believe a clump of cells is a life, a million lives over ten years or something like that. All of that was kept constant. Um, but there and so, if you believe that abortion is murder and you want to protect innocent life, um, then based on existing evidence and knowledge that and based on that argument, you should want to. So the more you believe abortion is murder, the more that you should want to support a bill that punished women for having abortions. So prevented abortion, saved a million fetal lives that way. Uh, support a bill that um, introduced birth control where it was needed most, so it would, um, and in the scenario it read, uh, would prevent unwanted, 1 million unwanted pregnancies that would end in abortion, so you're saving those lives. And you should also want to save newborn lives, right? Like, so these babies are just born, but they lack the critical care and provisioning to survive. We're going to give them that care, and so instead of dying, these million newborns are going to live. Um, and what we find is that the more that you believe abortion is murder, which co really strongly with the being a restricted sexual strategist, um, the more that you believe abortion is murder, the more that you support a bill that says I'm going to punish women for having abortions. The more that you believe abortion is murder, the less you support giving critical care to newborns and preventing their dying the less you support giving birth control to people and preventing unwanted pregnancies that would end in abortion. So that is in line with a, an evolutionary explanation and it, it, it's really strongly contrary to the sanctity of life explanations. But I think Marty has data that can really hammer home.
0: It's a sexual strategies thing. Yes. Yeah. Jamie, so I have a question. I
2: have a question. Yeah, go ahead and change, and then I have a question.
0: It's just it's just simply imposing a cost on on these people in any in any way that if you're a restrictive sexual person in any way that you can impose any kind of a cost on an unrestricted sexual person. It's
2: really a strange paranoia. It's like really, really, the unrestricted people on the college campus down the street are gonna imp- are gonna y- invade your religious institution and. I just—it's—it's it's weird. It's really strange. I mean, I, I suppose that—that that, you know what we have is kind of an evolutionary mismatch that's happening here too. Because usually the people whose behavior you knew about were local; they were like with you. Whereas now we can know about people on the other side of the planet, and it's, there's no chance that those people are going to be interlopers on your marriage. Right? They're, they're not going to come in and and separate you and your partner, um, attract one or the other individual away. Um, and so, but because we evolved in, in, in small groups and, you know, when we heard about other people's behavior, they, they were part of our local environment. And so we've kind of extrapolated it to this broad, this, you know, weirdly into this broad, um, set of, uh, I mean, so the institution thing is a little bit separate, but in terms of like the direct threat that those people might, might pose, they're not a direct threat. So it's, it's extra irrational.
0: We evolved to gather social information, and it's just the the ways in which we do that has changed drastically. Uh, but it's, but it's still no, I mean, getting social information from your TV about what's going on halfway around the world is, on some levels, still not that from uh, uh, from just a bare bones biological wiring that's been around for. 100 to 400,000 years that uh, in humans, That's right. it's not on some levels, it's not that different. It's just the where you're getting that information from has changed. Um, What hasn't changed is how it influences you and how important you perceive it to be.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jamie, I have a question for you Mm -hmm. about your data. And you may or may not be able to tell me the answer to this. But um, I'm wondering, are there people who are principled? are there people who, who, you know, who, yeah. So, so you told us about the general patterns, but like, are there people, because I think there probably are people out there who are like the sanctity of life, you know, they're monks I'm or something. Sure I, I mean, I don't they know are. who they are. I don't think James. that they're the people who are yeah. making the decisions in Washington, but, but they could be out there, right? There could be people who do have that principled stance, the sanctity of life. And that dictates, you know, and they've, Anyway, any evidence of that yeah, um, in Oklahoma? So, <laughs> uh,
1: none of these data <laughs> are about Oklahoma necessarily, and I am an untenured faculty member. I uh, will have you know. Okay, sorry. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. Um, so, uh, what we'd have to do is look individual by individual, and it wouldn't be hard to explore that. I, I just think you're wonder right, if right. Yeah, like exist. could you,
2: you could you organize things I in like mean, four all quadrants all where like there's like the people who are contradicting contradicting i you know they're the people who are consistent and then there are people who are inconsistent with the sanctity of life yes. and you could kind yeah. of have like we could just you code know pro sanctity of life anti-sanctity of life but then there's people who say that that's what they think but then they're consistent and there's people who say what that's what they think but they're yeah so inconsistent. We'd, we'd have to
1: do that in another study where we present all of these possibilities to them um which we could mm-hmm. easily do and then code them for like you're saying consistency or not um but uh, I mean, I believe they're there. Um, I believe also, like you're saying, they're few and far in between.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, individual differences apply a, a lot, and and some some of us painting with uh, broad strokes here. I mean, I, th- I think that. Um, I think that to say everyone that's against abortion is like thinking illogically or something like that, or as a hypocrite or something would, would be wrong. Even, even if we have these wonderful findings that, that show this general, um, kind of priming effect from these, these things that we should all become more aware of. But there, I mean, we're, and we're also all hypocrisy detectors as well. So and we're we all, all, we're like, I mean. And we're all hypocrites, so we all find. I mean, certainly, you know, if if uh, if a pregnant woman is is murdered, and and that and that's taken into consideration that she was pregnant, or if someone uh, you know abuses a pregnant woman and she loses that child, and that that is taken into consideration in the eyes of the law, I mean, I think that's a pretty logical and seems like a reasonable thing. As well,
1: these people aren't in their like Machiavellian church apses saying, "How can we mess up the unrestricted sexual strategist? This is right. a non-conscious motivation, one that probably even carried them to religion, which I imagine Marty will want to talk about later. Um, so it's not that they're trying to hurt people. It's not that they're trying only to. Con- it's only men trying to control women. This is this is
2: a non-conscious Behavior to mm-hmm.
1: build the world in a way that
2: benefits yeah. me, yeah. And I think it's gut level feeling, right? You know, because so people—that's that, why. That's why when you ask people, they come up with an explanation, but it's not necessarily, you know. But then it'd be inconsistent with other things that they believe, right? And which suggests that that's not really the the true explanation. And so it's this sort of gut level reaction. People are like, I just think that's wrong. I just don't think that this should be this should be available to women. I don't think that you know, and. And maybe you could also ask them questions about, you know, people having casual sex and you get very similar responses, but they're not going to necessarily connect those, those things. Um, I I think that's a really, I I, I don't know what
0: consciousness is like in other animals, of course, but human, human consciousness is such an amazing confabulator and such an exaggerative (laughs) machine and a storyteller. And it's, I mean, you can ask, You you can ask uh, me why I like bought a candy bar from the uh, convenience store, and I'll like spin some grand story about how today was special and I earned that candy bar. And this is some we we all do this just constantly all of the time. It's very very difficult to avoid. And uh, do you guys both say non-conscious, by the way? Because when I say non-conscious to most people that aren't scientists, they're like, huh? Uh, Do scientists generally say non-conscious? I prefer it. Sub sub makes it seem lesser, and on makes it seem like like someone knocked you out or something. Non-conscious,
2: I think, no, I think non-conscious is less of a commitment than saying unconscious. Because unconscious means that it's like, there's a little story in there, but you can't get to it, right? you know, that's, it's it's like a very Freudian kind of notion that you've got like this unconscious mind that's doing its thing and it's got its own story that it's spinning. Um, whereas when you're, when, when it's an evolutionary explanation, you're saying it's non-conscious. It just means that you don't have, you're not privy to the evolutionary logic behind it. Um, -hmm. which is almost always the case. You know, we don't, you know, we can, we can sort of like puzzle it out as scientists, but we don't know, um, we don't know what drives us. We don't, we don't, you know, we don't know what the, what the, what the um, sort of Mm -hmm. like fitness logic or evolutionary logic is behind things. And that stuff is not required for us to have that gut level reaction that we have it somewhere stored in our heads. So we don't have to have that story that, Oh, well it's to avoid casual, you know, to avoid those, you know, scary interlopers who are going to destroy my, my strategy. That doesn't need to be anywhere in your head. All that needs to be in your head is, a connection between the strategy that you are pursuing and a gut level feeling that you don't like what somebody else is doing right. and you don't have to know anything about the logic of it it doesn't need to be stored in your head anywhere it just that's that is the, those are the those those are the forces that created that the gizmo in your head that gives you that gut reaction but nowhere in that gizmo in the head is the evolutionary right. logic that you know is 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 a history of why it is that 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 gizmo was you nor know, is doubting
0: it helping a lot of individuals on a social level <laughs> you know a lot a lot of times so um, lack of confidence or questioning things from an individual level isn't isn't always favored in uh, you know the workplace or in family life or attracting mates or friends or or whatever else so it's it's always interesting to me that, that I want
2: to know whether Jamie agrees with that though. Jamie, do you, do you agree that saying non-conscious is, is um sort of less of a commitment? Yeah, We're just saying know. you don't know, whereas um, unconscious you means it's in there somewhere. You <laughs> need to know. I,
1: I am against the unconscious stuff, the Freudian stuff, the little Cartesian theater that there's a guy in my head, like men in black running me around. Um, that's not how evolution built us. And uh, it's, it's like we're all split-brain patients, and part of our brain saw a chicken, and part of our brain saw a shovel, and we're making an explanation up about what the heck is going on. And, and I should say I'm cribbing this all from Rob Kirspen. That's a good metaphor. Why yeah. everyone else is a hypocrite, which, Shane, if you haven't read that, this is you should absolutely read that, because it touches on hypocrisy and why... Um, sort of everything that comes out of our mouth is like is like a PR module. We want to argue, we want to be yeah. right, we want to show how confident we are. And if in, you know, some other part of our brain that our PR module doesn't have access to, we actually, you know, that part of our brain knows that we're really bad at something. But our PR module says, look how great I am. I mean, yeah. the PR module is going to benefit <laughs> us.
0: So. I mean, when when you detect hypocrisy in others, it's just glaring and it's infuriating, and and it, it's it just stands out so much, and and that's and that's so much of our conscious debates is having this like hypocrisy off. Where I, I guess it's kind of kind of what I like a lot. I'm glad that you brought the hypocrisy in into the debate, but it's it's nice to see that there's. Um, there's there's ways of working around it to see deeper drives that are influencing all of this that go beyond like, why is this person a hypocrite? Why is this person a hypocrite? And there's just deeper things um, happening. Could I ask, what if we forgot about made Like, what if we considered that? Mating itself was a confound in in the abortion debate, which it can't be. I mean, this this is a, mating can, is such a huge part of our life. But what if? But what if I expanded more generally to? um We talk about kind of personality differences and stuff on the show sometimes. Conscientiousness, agreeableness, neuroticism, extroversion, openness. And everyone evolved to be kind of all over these uh, the place, but there's kind of a, a reason why there's limits on the spectrum. Most people fall in the middle. People higher in openness tend to be a, a little more um, uh, okay with ambiguity and uh, adventure and new experiences. People that are lower in it tend to follow traditions and and um, uh, tend to it, this, this can predict some political. Uh, views as well. And there's all sorts of good evolutionary reasons why people would have evolved to be on this spectrum and why sometimes uh, people would take too many chances and pay a high cost for that. Other people wouldn't take enough chances and pay a high, high cost for that. But can this, when, when you talk about how people are for the death penalty that are also uh, against abortion and, uh, and restricted versus non-restrictive does this some of this just fall into a, a predisposition toward um uh you know a fondness or aversion from kind of ambiguity and predictability and control in life
1: probably not because it changes over the lifespan in pretty systematic ways that make sense within an evolutionary explanation so when people get married and have kids and it benefits them to pursue this more restricted lifestyle. um, So they are then more likely to find religion. So if you look at religion longitudinally, um, people become Mm -hmm. pursue religion when they become more restricted and not vice versa. Same thing. um, There's some work from Nick Carey, who's a postdoc at UPenn and a whole team with Damian Murray at Tulane that says, the more that, the more children you have in particular. So there's one idea that people become politically conservative because they get older and wiser. Um, <laughs> shame <laughs> your face. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, it's... it's,
0: it's, it's, <laughs> that, it's <laughs> I, I was trying to keep a poker face because you blew my mind a moment ago. Um, so let, why don't you yeah. continue? And I have okay. some follow-up questions.
1: So, so yeah, there's, there's some work that um, essentially if you look across cultures, across nations, um, if you have kids and the more kids you have, so the more effort you're putting into parenting and have to put into parenting, the more politically conservative you become Um, So these things track and ebb and flow in predictable ways that are probably not, you know, stable trait dispositions.
0: And grandparents tend to be more loose and (laughs) (laughs) follow when you're the kid. They're the ones that aren't as restrictive because they don't have as high cost. I mean, older people tend to get more conservative anyway, but in the specific context of it, you know, being... Being one generation detached, they get to be like the fun, looser one. No, I mean, not my
1: but not, be she was a
0: bitch. A, a, a lot of that conflicts. Uh, probably <laughs> everything that I just said is wrong when I look at it from a different point of view. Actually, now that I think about it, but could could you uh, could you talk? Uh, uh, I would love to hear your perspective, um, Jamie, about this religious correlation um and what's what's happening there
1: folks like uh jason whedon uh jordan moon rob Kurzban, obviously marty who's right here um and some others have uh discussed the possibility oh doug henrick um of this sort of reproductive religiosity model so um religions are weirdly obsessed with uh virginity, fertility, and fidelity. Um, And given that, uh, that they're so concerned about sex, maybe they're telling us some things about sex. Okay. Yeah, they are. Um, And maybe people are supporting religion because, or promoting religion because it forces other people to adhere to their restricted mating strategies. So that is one of the ideas that seems to suggest that it's not, religion teaching us what sexual strategy we should have, but rather our sexual strategies leading us to prefer disfavor things like religion that help us further our sexual strategies. Did that make sense?
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's just, I mean, just at the same time that it makes sense it also just like, I have a hard time paying attention because my brain's just always in a wash of past memories from my childhood and various traumas of my upbringing that I have to remember in a new reframed way. Um,
1: See, I would have thought, like, you look like a Quaker school kid. And I say that as someone that went to Quaker school, so.
0: Yeah, Catholic. I mean, and in, in my my parents were were... I know they were super strict, but they, they were, by some st- by a lot of other standards, like exceptional parents in terms of providing. I had a very, like, white picket ho- uh, fence kind of, a white picket house would be amazing, actually. <laughs> how, come, how come no one's done that? I haven't seen a white picket house before um why have the fence at all uh all right marty i was i, I was so concerned i wasn't going to talk to jamie enough because marty and i talk all the time we're good friends uh but going back to you're going to uh share some of the story uh some of the studies rather
2: yeah um well i yes So Jamie already mentioned some data collected by other folks that I find quite compelling that shows that the causal arrow probably goes from, and so the the model is called the reproductive religiosity model. And the idea is that this is a particular social institution that helps to um, support people pursuing the strategy. Um, And so, you know, longitudinally, it looks like it's the sexual strategy that precedes and the sexual and, you know, and having kids, for example, that that precedes you know, greater conservatism and greater um, um, religiosity. Um, so the data that, that we have, um, so what we have published pertains to same-sex marriage, but I think that the model will also apply to abortion. And we have some preliminary data that suggests that it does. And so for same-sex marriage, what we found, and I, I sort of alluded to this earlier, but what we found was that people who had the more conservative mating strategy, this more restrictive mating strategy, and who thought that people who are gay are promiscuous. So both of those things had to be true. If both of those things were true, right? And so they were more opposed to gay marriage. And so gay marriage becomes a threat. If you think that the institution is being degraded by promiscuous people getting married. Um, And, That's that's exactly what we found. And we found it both in terms of what people told us. They, they, they're, they're, you know, we could just ask them explicitly, like how, how promiscuous do you think homosexual people are? And so they responded on their questionnaire and they also told us about their sexual strategy. And if both of those things went in that direction, um, then they were more opposed to same sex marriage. But we also, we also demonstrated at the implicit level. So, um, People who could respond more quickly on a computerized task to, um, associations between promiscuity and homosexuality. And I don't want to get into the details of the task, but I, but I could try if you, if you're interested, it's called the implicit association task. Um, but when people... You know, and, and so when people are quicker to respond to pairings that are consistent with that, as opposed to inconsistent with that, um, that suggests that they have a connection between those concepts in their mm-hmm. head. And even at the implicit level, measuring that and then asking them about their sexual strategy—if those two things both go in the in the direction of thinking that gay people are promiscuous and also being, you know, pursuing this sort of more restrictive sexual strategy—then people are more opposed to same-sex marriage. So how's that going to apply to abortion? um, ah, I, I guess, I guess I can, I guess I can, I guess I can talk about unpublished data since Jamie did as well. Um, this no. is, these are also data from David Pinsoff's dissertation. So they're public in some way, but we're actually pursuing a follow-up study and we're going to, um, um, God, I pursue love this, this work because so we think much. it's really interesting. Sorry. I,
1: I've, I've, sorry. I just, I love this. Pensoff. Word. He's no, amazing. Oh, him, yes. Oh, yeah. I love him, but also like your work together, that paper. Oh, thank you. you know, it's, like, it's, it's, all it, it's all him.
2: It's all him. He was no, amazing. You guys are <laughs> he's a, he's team. amazing. And 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 um you should have him on the show, Shane, if you haven't. He's, um, he's one of the inventors of Cards Against Humanity. So he did not yes. pursue his academic mm. career because I go into Target and there's a whole wall of Cards Against Humanity games. And so he's, he's doing that and he's doing some other intellectual work. What a but, good but when he was in graduate school working with me, he did the same-sex marriage study. Um, he also collected data that showed that to the extent that people think that the existence of abortion enables people to engage in casual sex, right? So it assists people in their pursuing their casual sex strategy. So not everybody's going to believe that, or people's attitudes about that are going to be stronger or weaker. I mean, I actually believe that, sure, I, I actually believe that that's the case, that that if abortion exists, people are freer to have casual sex. The use of contraception makes people freer to have
0: I NFL think everyone sex. knows babies are expensive, right? <laughs> like everyone kind of gets that there's some cost there on some yeah, on right. Some level.
2: <laughs> yes. Yes. But, but if it's, if the cost is so prohibitive that if you can't right. escape it, then um, you don't do it, then that's, then that works in, in favor of, of folks who want to have the world be more sexually restricted. Right. So what we, what, you know, what our preliminary data show is that, People who think that, um, those attitudes enable casual or the, the existence of those, of those, um, uh, of those, um, technologies
1: the existence of abortion, like abortion. The existence
2: of contraception. Yes. The, the the existence of these things enables casual sex and they are sexually restricted Then they are even more than those are the people who are most, most opposed to, um, Beautiful uh, to beta. abortion existing. Yes. So anyway, right. we're we're we got to follow it up, and we'll see. So we'll see whether I think Marty's again.
1: Marty's stuff and Marty and David Pincus' stuff would say together, in line with this evolutionary view, anything that these restricted strategists associate with promiscuity, they are going to oppose. And yeah, they that's right. Probably. So we've started to put together Condoms a long list of these things. Things mm-hmm. like drag queen story hour and uh, what books <laughs> kids can read and wage equality mm-hmm. that are mm-hmm. not necessarily um, intimately related to sexual behavior, but linked to people's ability to, you know, pursue lives outside of these long-term reproductive careers. Um, and and uh, I think that's, I would put money on that as a finding. There, there are some things that I really would bet on.
2: That we got right yeah and i think marty got this one right yep i think i think i think we're gonna find that we're we're launching some new work to try and establish that and see whether we can document it across the united states um yeah
0: so we'll see
2: but 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 not all conservatives not not all of the sort of stuff that conservatives are in favor of mm -hmm. should Go with these attitudes, mm-hmm. and so what were the exceptions that we came up with, Jamie? Now I'm like trying a to remember. State
1: tax, gun control, perhaps. Yes, like, thank you. Yeah. So, like yeah. a state tax. So is there are other conservative
2: one. attitudes that shouldn't travel so tightly with all of these things that enable um, people to pursue their sexual strategies.
0: So, uh, so why in the world does uh, d- does being against abortion mean that predictably you are? Uh, more likely to own guns or be for gun rights or whatever. uh, It's a bizarre um, sort of, again, hypocrisy, I I suppose.
1: My best guess there comes from that work from uh, Nick Carey and uh, Damian Murray and company, um, suggesting that the um, people who are more conservative are also more worried about these sort of external threats to mortality and Getting bumped off, um, so maybe their this threat translates into wanting to arm themselves, especially um, to protect, you know, their families. That's that's my best guess, but I don't know. I,
0: I mean. Go, going back to the thing that you told me i was wildly wrong about um, which is per, uh, personality differences um, I mean, just
1: just talk to Aaron Lukaszewski just, about personality and i think your mind will be
0: blown i, I would love to um but, but it, it it does it it seems like there is there's a little bit of one directionality going on as someone that that was raised around people that were uh, very kind of in groupy, It's like, you care so much about the Vikings because you're a Packer fan and like the Vikings fans are just the worst. And I was always like, why does anyone care about any of this. And the only, the only cost I ever put on them was like my indifference toward the thing that they cared about. Whereas they would happily fight someone in a bar because they were wearing a different sport team hat or whatever. That was my experience um, growing up. And, and to me, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm confounding all sorts of stuff, but it doesn't seem unrelated it doesn't it seems like there is a little bit going on here with the need for control and like a need for predictability um, just generally as a disposition, which is probably which also could maybe lead to restrictive um, mating strategies as well, right? Like aren't, aren't restrictive mating strategies just more predictable? like if you are married and there is this bond that you cannot get out of, Um, that's a more predictable thing that you have control over. I don't know.
2: I, you know, people make a distinction between being fiscally conservative and socially conservative. And I think that that maps onto what we're talking about here, that Mm -hmm. you can be one, but not the other. Um, and I've, you know, I mean, I know lots of people who would say, oh, you know, I'm conservative, but not about the social issues. It's just, you know, concerned about my finances. And really it's just concerned about the money that they have not wanting to give it up. Um,
0: right. I I love the idea of you don't meet. There's going to be someone that's going to become a celebrity who is um, socially conservative and fiscally liberal <laughs> because it doesn't exist. And, yeah. and it would it would be it would be a very unique thing. The first person ever to be that Um
2: That's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, so you can be, you can be fiscally conservative, but not socially conservative, but can you be socially? Yeah, I, I don't, I think you're, I think you're right. I don't, I don't see that. I don't see that happening.
0: It doesn't Um, last little thing. What, what does kind of like, what does sort of power and, Ability have to do with it? because we all have these drives. For example, if we were to talk about um, uh, race or racism or something like that, just to like throw more gasoline on on this fire. Uh, uh, what it, it, you know, you could say that every single human should have a lot of these in and out group kind of features, but you could also say that people, um, whatever race and whatever region, whatever that perhaps has the most power in that potential environment is able to express more of that like outgroup bias or something. And it, I, I feel like we're kind of seeing that a little bit right now with the with the Supreme Court decisions and uh, and things that are happening where I mean, Before Donald Trump was elected, excuse me, um, unexcusable, Marty. There's no sneezing (laughs) on this show. I told you that before we hit record. Um, So, before Donald Trump was elected, for example, very few people had Donald Trump signs in their yard. They caught everyone by surprise. And then after, and had the, the, um, uh, the, social validation or whatever, it was all this. I've never seen anything like it. It, it, Every truck stop, all the flags, all the Rambo flags and the signaling, I've never, I mean, imagine if I was like wearing a Joe Biden like jumpsuit and cape and stuff right now, like how, how amazingly ridiculous that would look. But people just walk around wearing weird like Trump merch, everywhere regularly. And it, it just, it seems like they didn't feel very comfortable doing that before they had the power to do so. So do you think there's any of that kind of factoring into these, uh, these drives and equations? Basi- basically, if someone can get what they want, they're going to take it. And when they and when they have more power to do so, they're going to do it. Whether that's you're an attractive mate or something, so you're able to get more out of your uh, uh, from your mating scenario, or you're the boss at the job and uh, and you're able to demand more out of your employees. And and uh, there, there's always these power dynamics going on in our social lives. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts?
1: I certainly agree with that, but I, I will say that. Um, we should remember probably that the majority of Americans, including the majority of Republicans, support some ability for women to have abortions, right? Um, So it it is a tiny fringe minority who just happen to sit on the Supreme Court right now or be in office who have the power to dictate what most people can do. And most people want to other people to be able to do this thing, this this freedom, have this freedom that uh, the Supreme Court now says, and well, or at least a lot of state legislators are allowed to say women can't have. So, I mean, I think part of that, and same thing with the Trump shirts, it revolves around common knowledge. The Trump people started that thing, the, wearing those shirts and jumpsuits and capes and whatever, because they realized, oh, there are a fuck ton of us. <laughs> and we have more power than we thought we had, because there are more of us, that we have a bigger coalition. Um, and I think once we start talking about and taking seriously, um, women's rights and freedoms again, which we've been silent on for a while, cause probably a lot of us thought it would never, like, how could this happen? Um, maybe we'll realize, uh, how big our coalition is and start to make some change, uh, potentially. Or maybe
0: we'll if you still have
1: shot. the right to vote. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Good lord. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I don't know. I might be barefoot I'm, I'm really
2: trying not to have this closed body language, but I'm, <laughs> I, keep, I keep catching myself. I mean,
0: it's horrible. It's a horrible, it's, horrible thing. I, I, that called yeah, I called my mother crying. I called my mother crying.
2: I was walking out of an exercise class, and I heard the news
0: yeah, uh, listening to NPR, and
2: I was like... What? I mean even though we knew it was coming. It was just like it's horrible. And the Things the, <laughs> the terrifying... you know, I mean and and you know and then and that that it was Kavanaugh and um and uh Clarence Thomas, you know, these guys don't have the cleanest history. I mean, they right. friends not, of, women, right? of of, of <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, with women. And they're making those decisions for us that's yeah. fucked up. I'm sorry.
0: Well, again, that's the thing is is, is I think that when you it, it's very easy to impose laws on people that you yourself don't have to abide by. That's again, a, a right? More, yeah,
2: perhaps. I know. I don't think men should be voting on this. Yeah, and I, period. I will say more than the affront trip
0: to the voting.
1: <laughs> more, more than the affront to my rights and humanity, um, and respect and dignity. That this is. Um, I, I'm a scientist, and it doesn't follow the science. Yeah, if you look yeah. at the turnaway study, this this amazing research that they followed a thousand women. Some were denied wanted abortions; others weren't. The women who were denied the abortions they wanted to have had worse outcomes on every metric. So, first of all, the women who had abortions didn't regret it, which was something that I think Roberts once just assumed and wrote in. One of the opinions, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and then the mm-hmm. women who wanted to have it and couldn't, there are other children because most women who have abortions already have kids. Their other children didn't meet milestones when they should have. Those women were more likely to be in financial distress and beaten by their partners. And abortions yeah. are good for women. That's what the science yeah. tells us.
0: Right. And so of course, that's the perfect way to end. <laughs> that is the perfect way to end. Yes, I'm. I, I can't I pretend to be as frustrated as you are, but I'm very frustrated uh, and I'm uh, exceedingly uh, grateful that you guys decided to join me and share your your science and your perspectives and make such interesting points. And I hope the audience uh, learned a few things because
2: yeah, so I mean, in essence what we're saying is that the abortion debate is not what people say it's about. And it's about this other thing that yeah. people aren't even thinking about. Um and we're d- going to do our right. best to let people know about that.
0: And aren't going to the people that you would like to know about that. Aren't going to take Well, there the might time be some
2: people in the middle who will who will who will find this. And yeah, I think, right. you know, and I think liberals will find this actually yeah, yeah. Who are not aware of this perspective, and most people are not because it's not that, you know, Jamie and I are kind of working in this little niche area here. Um, right. But I think, right. what, I, I think that, that people who are puzzled by all of this will find this perspective really helpful in, in figuring out like, why is this happening? Um, and then I think that that will also be a call to action too. And I, 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 hope that, um, I try not to be political, but I really hope that this is the kind of thing that is going to energize people to, to get out and do something.
0: Yeah. Me too. Well, with that, thank you so much, Marty Hazelton and Jamie Krems for joining me today and Thank you, listeners, for being such wonderful, curious people. We'll talk with you next week.